644. Not a whole lot of snow out there. At least more of it seems to be melting away. Little snow we had is leaving us because of these mild temps, record breaking for this time of year, the end of January. Joined this morning now by Saskatchewan Snowmobile Association Executive Director Leah Switzer to talk about the season so far. Good morning, Leah. Hi, thanks for having me. It's been kind of a tough year, hasn't it? We're talking about, you know, how warm it is this week. The forecast and and highs into the plus territory. A little bit of an oddity for this late in the winter. Here we are at the end of January, coming up to February, and we're still talking about this. For a lot of people, they like these warm temps. But for the Saskatchewan Snowmobile Association, it's certainly been a weird year for you. It has. It's really been a struggle. Uh, we've honestly, from memory, a lot of the our members and that cannot think of a year that's been like this, where it's so widespread throughout the province of so little snow and such warm temperatures to deal with. So, what are the effects here? I, I can imagine registration is that down significantly. Yes, we are seeing um, as of the end of December, registration was significantly down, and registration is the fund. That, that support our clubs. Um, so that gets a little bit nerve-wracking for them all when they're seeing those numbers come in so low. They do put expenses out every year, even if they can't get the groomers moving. Yeah, so not a whole lot of snow. That leads to very few, if any, rallies, and obviously that hurts your association. Very much. Those rallies are what clubs depend on for um, to, to cover the rest of their funding. So the funding to registrations don't cover all their costs, those rallies are their fundraisers. So when they have to cancel those due to the snow, they definitely feel that. The trails probably don't look anywhere near, you know, how they should this time of year. Is there anywhere in the province where they do look actually surprisingly okay? Um, what I'm hearing as of the end of last week, um, the very northeast part of the province has what they call decent snow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it wouldn't be their typical snow for January, the, the same depth, but it's definitely um, good, better conditions than they're seeing everywhere else. Yeah. I mean, we have, let's face it, February, March, possibly half of April. Is there time, Leah, for this to rebound yet? Um, there's time. It, it Typically, those later season riding, you're seeing that usually um, in more of the north of the province. We've definitely had years where our south has gotten lots of snow late into the season. Um, if we can get some good snow with good temperatures, so that's the other part, is if there's snow coming, but they see those plus temperatures showing up within a week of that snow, it's um, not the right conditions for them to get out and get their trails groomed because they're going to melt on them right away. Talking with Leah Switzer, Executive Director of Saskatchewan Snowmobile Association this morning. And how are you feeling? Optimistic? Is there anything that people can do uh, to help aside from, you know, uh, doing a snow dance? Uh, (laughs) Snow dance is about what we're all hoping for. It leaves you pretty powerless. Uh, when you're, you know, at the mercy of Mother Nature. So uh, we're definitely trying to stay positive, keep the clubs positive, um, find any solutions we can to help them out, of be supportive of them getting, trying to get what trails they can open, going, um, anything that there is to do, we can. And then we're just asking the public that if you are going out riding, to please register your sled because the clubs deeply depend on that. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Leah. Thank you so much.
651. Normally this time of morning, Greg Morgan would be talking to me. And this morning, I'm talking to Andrew Shepard. Good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning. Hey, so I'm talking about this this morning, but uh, the Tropicana in Vegas is being torn down. Bye-bye, Tropicana. And to be honest, I kind of forgot it existed. It's been there for a long time. It's been there since 1957, and they're tearing it down to make way for this new $1.5 billion stadium for whatever the Oakland Athletics relocated team in the Sin City will be called. Have you been to the Tropicana before? I may have walked through it. I don't know if we went in. I've, I've When I went to Vegas, been there twice in 2011 and 2016, stayed at the... Uh, What's the the sphere, the big sphere? I forget what it's called, and then um, and then stayed at the link. Yeah, uh, and so I may have walked through it, but that end of the strip, yeah, you get to a lot older ones. You have like Excalibur, and you have the um, what's the pyramid one? Um, the Luxor, the Luxor, yeah. yeah. So, MGM Grand is around there. Yeah, in New York, New York. those ones are kind of kind of the older ones. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, Vegas is turning into quite the sports city now. It is. I want to. It makes me want to go back because you because ha- when I went there not even that long ago, they didn't have the Golden Knights, they didn't have the Raiders. Now you've got NFL, hockey, NHL, and now baseball. Check. Like, imagine going to a baseball game in Vegas. Like, oh this- yeah, that would be wild. And it, for the fact that it's right there too. And when you when you talk about what is it, T-Mobile Arena where the Golden Knights play, it's right behind New York, New York. It's like pretty well just off the strip but yeah. more or less right there it looks like this baseball stadium is going to be right there too right you across know. from Excalibur and beside MGM yeah yeah it's you know as if you need you know something else to do in Vegas and what a good time for them too the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup uh the Super Bowls in Vegas this year it's a good time to be a sports fan in Vegas certainly um you know we talk about how warm it is in Vegas and how a lot of plays people want to go to say Las Vegas this time of year, or Hawaii, or Orlando, Florida. But Andrew, as we're learning, uh, we're just as warm in Saskatchewan, if not warmer. Yeah, just head down to the southwest, maybe Cypress Hills or Maple Creek area. Maple Creek hit 21 degrees yesterday. (laughs) That's warmer than Orlando, Florida, which hit 19. (laughs) So just stay put. (laughs) Just drive the three hours down the road and you're good. There's your vacation at Maple Creek. Yeah, this is how crazy it was. Uh, Maple Creek, just on January 14th, was minus 42. So that's a 63-degree difference. (laughs) Wow. And Regina broke a record uh, yesterday as part of those almost two dozen records. Ten degrees. The the old record was five. So we beat it by five degrees, which is quite a bit, though. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me. Just looking outside and feeling what it was like. And I had to remind myself it was the end of January. But as, you know, great as these mild temps are for some people, I mean, we just heard the Saskatchewan Snowmobile Association executive director that I did. Not so great for those who love to be on their snowmobiles for this time of year, lack of snow. But also, we're seeing the impact at Frost Regina, too, with a lot of their events having to do with with ice. Yeah, so many events uh, just to embrace winter that uh, it was so cold that you're thinking, well, are you going to go out in that really cold? And then and then now it gets almost too warm to go. Yeah. There, all the ice and snow is starting to melt. You look at lawns are emerging now. The rink on Wascana's closed. That's part of the hub at, in Wascana Park. And it just opened exactly one week ago today. We were doing a story it was open for skating. Now it's probably going to be more of a slush pile. Yeah, and there's lots of, I mean, there's an ice slide at Real. It's uh, it, the, the slide is made of ice. That's going to be like a water slide now, I could imagine. I don't know how they're going to, how they're keeping it, uh, things frozen, if there's anything they can do. I mean, when you get 10, like that's when it's like maybe zero, one, you can maybe try something, but 
10 degrees is is pretty pretty warm so yeah. there's lots of things that can melt i don't even know if coke coke curls on the ice yeah yeah it is a lot of their events are related to the ice so i mean a good and bad situation for them where yeah some events might be impacted but hey these kind of temps will send a lot more people out thanks for your time andrew thank you still i try no rest for jobs in my mind on my own here we go 713, 23 weather records broken across the province yesterday, including Regina, getting up to 10 degrees. So we'll update you in moments on the CJME weather guarantee. Are we paying out? And we're still waiting on the jury to come up with recommendations. It's been more than two weeks in Melfort to the James Smith Green Nation stabbing inquest. Two long weeks filled with evidence, witnesses, grief, trauma, and for some even a bit of healing. And EDCJME senior reporter, Lisa Schick is there. Drummers, singers, and later a traditional dancer performed to close out the evidence portion of the inquest. The dancer said he was looking to take some of the burden off those who needed it, even for just a little while. With this first part over, there's almost a sense of relief in the building. Joyce Burns has been here basically every day, listening to the witnesses, the evidence, the recounting of the attacks that she and her husband were victims of. Earl Burns Sr. didn't survive. But Joyce says she's now gained some insight into the man who did it, Miles Sanderson. Where he come from? And you know, it opened my eyes. He was neglected. He was abused. You know, he, did, he didn't know how to change his life. He didn't know how to change it. He didn't know who to turn to. Yeah, had nobody. She says it makes her think about her kids and grandkids. I want them to bring up their children better than how he was brought up. I don't want my grandkids to go down that road. Maybe that's why I'm here, because I just about died twice. And I told my husband I didn't want to go with him. I didn't want to die. I'm not done here yet. Deborah Burns is Joyce and Earl's daughter and has been speaking for them in the hearing room. She says the inquest itself has helped. At the beginning, we were angry. We were confused. We had a lot of questions about the how, the why. And yeah, satisfied with some of it. Buggy Burns lost his wife and son, Bonnie and Gregory. But Chelsea Stonestand has been speaking for them, and she says Buggy's seen some good come out of this process. Buggy speaks openly about the different changes he's observed within himself, which is being able to sleep more, being able, able to have a more clear mind, being able to have an understanding that can bring him some comfort in the loss of his wife and son. Certainly there are complaints, people saying not all the story is being told, or that this process is too narrow to tackle the systemic issues at play. On the recommendations, Chelsea says they need to be addressed to all agencies, not just one or two, because the issues are so complicated. We keep going back to the fact that we all occupy these lands together, and so we need to take a collective approach and work together. Others, like Deborah, are looking for change in their communities. Our community itself lacks, and this shows. Something like this shouldn't have happened, and we should 
be better equipped for people coming out of the prison system. Daryl Burns agrees. He's been speaking for his late sister, Lydia Gloria Burns. He says supports from prison should be extended to the community to help people who are coming home. So if we're on the same page and if we're on the same, have the same knowledge, our people have a better chance of recovery in our communities. Overall, most are really just looking for something to change. Throughout this whole process and ever since the, uh, the, the tragedy happened in our community, I always wanted change for our people. I always wanted things to improve for our people. At the Cary Vicar Center in Melfort, Lisa Schick, 980 CJME. Seven twenty-one. Good Wednesday morning to you. Another mild day expected across the province, including here in Regina. A lot of us this time of year will try to escape what we would normally have, and that would be cold weather. But yeah, not so much this week. Some people are still on holidays. I know for me, next month I'm headed to Las Vegas as I normally do, and bringing you news this morning: the Tropicana is about to close down. They're demolishing the resort in Las Vegas. And they're going to make room. They're going to build this new stadium for whatever the Oakland Athletics will be called as they move to the Sin City. Joined now by Evan Bray. You've stayed at the Tropicana. You were just telling me like a number of times. I've never been there. It's the end of an era. You know, I'll tell you this. The Tropicana has, there's two wings to it. There's kind of the new you know, they've done some work on one of them. The other one is kind of old and outdated. Yeah. But if you stay in the newer one, it's it's still pretty nice. But the thing that we used to like about that, we've driven to Vegas a couple of times. And if we don't drive down, we fly down, we often will rent a car. Their parking is right off the strip. Like, it's the easiest place really? to park in. It's re- literally, you drive from the airport, you just turn right into the parkade. It's right there. And so that, for us, was was a big draw. It made it easy to get it in and out from a you know vehicle perspective. Yeah, we still have time to go. And I think just for nostalgia, just to kind of see what it is, we're going to try to go there, just take a look around. Yeah. Unfortunately, it'll be the first impression. So I'm sure it'll be like, ugh. Like Circus Circus we went to. Yeah, no, yeah, some of those old ones. I was like, how is that not being torn down? I know. A a billion dollar, a billion and a half dollar stadium for the Oakland Athletics. It's going to be beautiful. And that's a pretty hot corner, New York, New York, Kitty Corner, MGM right across. And of course, just behind New York, New York is the hockey rink. Yeah, so it's going to be a pretty hot, you know, little area of activity for sure. The other thing, the Tropicana never brings in big acts. Yeah. The uh, the uh, comedian Brad Garrett was there yeah. for a long time, but really they they, they had never... like a Prince uh, tribute show, I think. Right now, yeah. Purple Rain, I think it's yeah. it's called. I saw, and yeah, you're right. I don't think I've heard a lot of people talk no. about that. No. Uh, speaking of Vegas, Evan Bray, this morning, um, the Super Bowl yeah. is going to be in Vegas, and we're learning that resale tickets are twelve grand. Crazy. Crazy. Like, I, I saw something online. The average price is $8,100 or yeah. something for a yeah. ticket. I mean... What's dry? Is it? Is it because it's Vegas? Like, I, I'm actually not not sure what's driving the price. Well, you know, you look at F1 that was just there. Yeah. And some of these rooms, right, with balconies that face the strip, the prices were absurd, too. I think it's just... I, I don't know. It's the big thing, right? It's well, Vegas. It's sparkly. It's the entertainment capital of the world. You got to be there for it. It's the big thing. But I, I mean, I think we have to acknowledge, and I heard Jamie and Drew talking about this yesterday. The NFL's brand has never been better. 
I, yeah. I feel oh, yeah. like they are riding a wave, and and whether you like it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, Taylor Swift, the whole you know surge of the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl, yeah, that has to play into this. It has to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, from the NFL to the NHL, and you have you've brought in special little guest with you this morning. <laughs> Would you, you call this a guest? Me. No. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm I'm super stoked about this story about this case of hockey cards yep. that was found in Regina. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime thing to find it like that and the fact that the guy didn't rip it open. Like yeah. it's it is amazing to me <laughs> because I'm a big hockey card collector. So you reference my little friend. I brought in a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. An authentic it's card. An authentic this card, isn't yeah. some piece of crap that you found somewhere reprint. <laughs> well, this is the real thing. It is. It's not. It's nowhere near what they are going to find in that box because yeah. this one is graded much lower. But yeah. but the reality is that you know this this card when it comes to hockey cards, Wayne Gretzky. Even you know I, I you you can pay more for a Bobby Orr. You can yeah. pay more for a Gordie Howe rookie card. But this Wayne. Gretzky card has kind of become iconic in in the hockey world and so the fact that there's a case of this year these cards unopened it's fascinating to me so we're, we're going to talk about it I'm I, I'm curious to know what would you would you open it if you found that box would you have opened it um I don't know probably not I you know I probably would have done the same thing if I, I if I how. if I could have if I could have sold it um because I'm not as much a big collector with sports memorabilia, right. at least I, you know, I, I'm not, uh, like, don't get me wrong. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But I don't know. I, I don't know if there'd be value of just kind of keeping it around. I for think me. The, I think the funny thing is when I showed you this card this morning, you looked at the back of it, you said he was only 165 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he wasn't very tall, but 165 pounds. And you were describing something else, uh, which was interesting. Is yeah. There's just, a little speck. Um, on the authentic card, there's a little speck of like dust or something. Well, yeah, there was a dust on the lens when they were, you know, printing these cards. And so on the left shoulder of, of Wayne Gretzky on this, on his Jersey, you can actually see this little yellow dot. It's an imperfection on the card, but that is one of, of a few ways that you can tell it's an authentic Wayne Gretzky rookie. Yeah. The seventies, no doubt. Evan Bray was coming up on the show today. That, and, uh, of course we're going to talk teachers. Samantha Beacott will join me just after eight. 30, president of the STF. They start rotating strikes as of tomorrow. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. I also have, I'm excited about this. I have a White House press gallery correspondent who at one time Trump banned from the press gallery. <laughs> he got his credentials back. He is going to join us this morning and we're going to talk a little bit about the U.S. political situation. Have a great show, sir. Thank you very much, Kev.